Welcome to Her Digital Brand, a podcast where we interview founders and leaders of some of the best brands on the internet. I'm your host, Kyler Nixon, and in just a minute, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, Brad Bishop. Today on the show, we have Lane Rebello, founder of Tiny Signs. Lane is a seasoned vet in the digital brand world. She's written books, she's launched courses, she has a membership, she's grown her email list. And so we're going to cover that entire journey for you on this episode. I really, truly can't wait for you to hear it. Let's do it. Lane, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. It's great to see you. Good to see you. Okay, so you wear a lot of hats. You are an author. You are, I'm going to call you an influencer. You're an influencer in my (laughs) book. (laughs) You are uh, a business leader. You do so many cool things. If someone ran into you on the street, what do you say now as of recording this in 2022? Like, what do you do? What's your your brand? So my brand is Tiny Signs. That's the name of my uh, program, business, whatever. Um, I usually say I teach baby sign language or I say I help um, parents and professionals communicate with babies and toddlers before they can speak, something like that. Love it. Great. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of your product. I want to just jump into it. Cause like I mentioned, you have, uh, you have what, three books now, four books, three books, soon to be four. The fourth one comes out three, in May four. 3rd. Okay. Exciting. Um, so you're an author, so that's a product, right? But you also have, uh, you've launched courses in the past and now you have club tiny signs. So like, talk to me a little bit, um, maybe even about the evolution of how you sort of went from writing to digital brand and kind of towing that line even now. Yeah. It's actually was the other way around. Other way around. Well, it actually started. So tiny signs. Well, I, I started teaching baby sign language kind of unofficially in my living room in like 2008. And then 2009 was when I actually like went official and rented space in a church and then at the local community center. So tiny signs started as in-person. I'm in the Boston area um, in person. There was no digital. I, I mean, mm-hmm. my husband made like a very basic website that was like a brochure type website yeah. within about me um, yeah. and a link to like get the schedule kind of thing. <clears throat> but most of my classes, you had to like register through like the rec center or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it started as an in-person classes and it kind of grew pretty quickly. Um, so this was like to early 2009, 2010, 2011. And, and then I expanded, I was teaching workshops. Again, this was all in person for early childhood professionals. So I would, um, and I teach like childcare centers, like Bright Horizons. I don't know, they're a pretty big childcare organization would bring me in to do trainings for the teachers, childcare professionals. So I kind of like kept adding different things that I offered, but it was 100% in person. In, and it just got to the point where at one point, and I have two kids. And at that time they were little, they were like an infant and a toddler, um, preschooler. So I got, I was running all over, like drop them off, run and teach two classes, run back, pick them up. And it got real crazy, real fast. Um, and I was teaching, I think at one point, like 14 classes a week in like preschool hours, Jeez. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it just wasn't, and I was exhausted, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I loved it. And yeah. then in 2014, I think is when I first kind of went online. I did um, the summer of 2014, I did like an online summer school. And it was my okay. first time yeah. doing anything digital virtual. Yeah. And it was hilarious because I mean, 
things have changed so much. Yeah, like, yeah. There was no like YouTube Live. There was no streaming Facebook Live when I first yeah. did this. So I had like just to even teach live virtually. I had like my landline. We don't even have yeah. it. Had, like the <laughs> landline and two computers. And it was like NASA. You know what I mean? Like it was ridiculous. How did you even get that idea? Because like, obviously now there's a hundred million courses out there, right? Like in 2014, there like really wasn't a lot. Like even some of the brands that we think of now were not online in 2014 in that capacity. Like, was there people doing it then that you sort of looked at or was it sort of like, this is the easiest way for me to reach a lot of people? Um, I was inspired by Marie Forleo and B-School back then. She was like that planted the seed that, there was a way to kind of reach a broader yeah. audience. And, and, the, and the reality was, is that I had people saying, even here locally, oh, I really want to take your class, but that's my baby's nap time. Or I really mm. want to take your, you know, that class with my yeah. baby, but I work on Wednesdays or, right. you know, it, even, even locally, I couldn't meet the needs of everybody geographically and scheduling wise. Yeah. So it just seemed like the obvious choice, even here in Massachusetts, that I could help people if they could do it on their schedule. Because when you have, a job or your stay at home, but you have a baby and schedules or multiple kids getting out and about and being someplace at a certain time is, is hard. Um, so that was kind of what planted the seed. I'm like, this is, I could do this. This would be a way for me yeah. to reach people. Cause I, ha- I was getting emails from people in like South Af- Africa and like, you know, Germany saying, how can I <laughs> learn from you? And I'm like, eh, come to, you know, Metro West Boston. So that was what kind of planted the seed. Um, so I, did that summer school, which was kind of like a live virtual thing. But again, there was no Zoom. So it was like this really janky webinar software that involved like a landline and stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So then that fall, I launched my first online course, which I ca- was called Tiny Science Online. Very super creative. And uh, <laughs> I love but it. Even, <laughs> even just setting that up logistically. I mean, I could talk to you about the tech behind the scenes, but it was like, you know, I had a WordPress site and then a wishlist member plugin. And there was like five different plugins that all like yeah, yeah, wrapped into right. PayPal and MailChimp. And it was like yeah. hot. Like I was afraid to touch anything. It was like yeah. duct tape and like. Well, I, I think one thing people don't like would be surprised to know about you. And I'm, and I mean this very endearingly. I think that if you really, truly wanted to, you could start like a website agency based on the knowledge that you have, like you're <laughs> uh, compared to like all of our clients, like you're definitely at the top of like website proficiency <laughs> and figure it out ability because you've been online for so long at this point. And so I, I I'm saying that as a good thing, like kudos to you because you've, it doesn't surprise me that you had to kind of go through that journey to get to where you're at today. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, I feel so like, you, I've, like I've tried all of the, I've yeah. named like a, a platform or a product or a service provider. I've probably yeah. used them at some point over the past 12 years. So Lane, did the course, did the first course come before the first book? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, the course, the online course, first online course came in 2014. My first book came out in 2018. Okay. So um, because I had an online presence, that's how the publisher found me. The books wouldn't have existed if I had just mm-hmm. been teaching classes here locally, the publisher would never have found me. It's because I then, because of my online course and because of my blog and SEO and whatever, they found me. So they found me online and reached out to me. They wrote, you know, so that's how that came to be. So, okay. So yeah. And you mentioned publisher. So I'm, I'm assuming that you went the traditional publishing route. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. You, and are you still doing that or do you do Amazon publishing now? No, it's all through uh, a publisher there. Callisto Media is the publisher. And then the imprint that I'm on is called Brockridge Press. And okay. all, all four books, all three that are published in the fourth that's coming out have been through the same organization. Publisher. Would you they, even be, yeah, would you even be able to explain for listeners the difference between traditional publishing versus Amazon? Um, I don't really know that much about okay. Amazon publishing. I mean, I think you can't, I mean, I, I, the irony is, is that I had start, I had like, I had planned to self-publish. Okay. Um, I had kind of fought the idea of a baby sign language book for many years because one, it's not the best way to learn sign language from a book. Cause obviously you need to see it in motion. So in person or video is it's hard with a, a you know, an image and arrows to convey things. So mm-hmm. it's not my favorite way, but people always, always, always would ask for book recommendations. And cause people, I mean, honestly, when I, when my first baby was a baby, I learned about baby sign language because I went to the library and I got a book. So it's just what people do. And when I kind of came to accept, okay, people want books. That's what people want. There's got to be a better way to do it. I had been thinking, I had ideas in my head about doing like just self, self-publishing like an ebook. Um, but then I got, then the, and it had been like a back burner thing, like someday I'll get to it. And then the publisher reached out to me and then I'm grateful that it went that way because from a design and just there's so much work that goes into it. I, it would have been on my back burner. It would still be on my back burner. It wouldn't have gotten done without right. a whole team of people kind of moving it forward. Gotcha. Yeah. That's interesting. I get a lot of people asked about self-publishing versus traditional. I mean, uh, the, there's a lot that appeals about it in the sense that you obviously have more control. I mean, my first book has now sold, you know, I think about 200,000 copies and that's great for the publisher. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it's um, financially and control wise, it's, it's fantastic to, to self-publish, um, but it's harder to reach a big audience. So it's kind of a, yeah, depends on what your objectives are. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's probably, it's more expensive to self-publish too, right? Cause you're doing all the writing yourself, all the editing yourself, all the illustration, yeah, probably, all that stuff. Yeah, if you you either have to do it all yourself or you have to hire an editor, you have to hire a yeah. designer, you have to, especially for a book like mine that's very um, design heavy with all the illustrations yeah. and stuff. If it's just text, that would be different. But if you're doing something like, you know, if you're yeah. an arts and crafts person or uh, mm-hmm. uh, a food person, you've got recipes, you need pictures and it's, it's just a whole different yeah. thing. And you have to pay people to do that unless you happen to be able to do all that stuff yourself. You're, you're on your heading into your fourth book. So obviously there, it's not something you hate doing or else you wouldn't have done it. Um, what role does, do the books play in sort of how you view your audience or how you view kind of sales and and marketing? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I like, as much as I was like, the world doesn't need another baby sign language book. And now I'm about to put out the fourth one. Um, I do enjoy doing it. And mainly because as a, solopreneur, entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. I work by myself a lot. I mean, I have my students who I love connecting with and talking to, but I'm kind of, you know, I used to work (laughs) before kids in an office. And the one thing I've loved that was the surprise I didn't expect is when I wrote the first book, I loved having an editor and being part Mm -hmm. of a team and having that collaboration was like, I just love working with other people. It's less lonely kind of thing. So that was a surprise 
benefit. It made me realize how much I miss having like work colleagues. Um, and then as far as how it fits in, it really is, I would say, um, audience building and um, expertise building. Mm-hmm. It's really just kind of like, you know, I don't it have probably to sharpens that, that skill for you and that knowledge. And you have to be really concise because it, if it doesn't make sense in a book, it shouldn't be in there. And so it probably yeah. really forces you to figure out what you're, yeah, yeah. what you want to teach and how you want to teach I used it. to, Lane, I used to work with uh, the brand builders group out of Nashville. They're a uh, personal branding agency. And the, the founder of that is Roy Baden. He's a multiple New York Times bestselling author. And what he always used to tell anybody that came into brand builders that wanted to write books, he would always tell them, the book is not going to make you money. The book is an authority piece to help like really build that foundation of your expertise. I would agree with him 100, 100%. Because hmm. um, I, you know, when I first launched, when I first started teaching classes locally, when I first launched my online course in 2014, it was kind of like, I know a lot about this. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I had done some trainings and had some, you know, little certifications or whatever at back then, but ultimately people just kind of had to trust that I wasn't going to like give them horrible advice. Yeah. But even when I wrote the first book, I mean, now that there's, it's sold hundreds of thousands of copies and there's, like, I don't know how many, like thousands of positive reviews on Amazon. It's also validating to me that people, I get emails from people all the time saying, if it wasn't for your book and it's like, it's validating, like, yeah. for, you know, to that, I guess I, you know, do give good, good advice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that, yeah. but it's still nice to, to have that affirmation that it's helping. Do you yeah. think of the book as more of like a lead generator? Like people see that book first and then it's like, oh, let's go check her website out. And then they end up in your, in your funnel. Absolutely. Um, for all of the books, my website is in it. So all of the, the, there's a, a dictionary on my website that has videos for all of the signs in all of my books. So in the book, it says, you know, if you want to see videos of me showing you how to do these, cause it's helpful, you know, you see a, a drawing and there's all these arrows and there's instructions saying, you know, put your hand here and move it to the left. And, and, but it's much easier if they just come to my site and there's a video of me saying, put your hand here, lift them together. It's easier. Yeah. Um, so that brings them to my site. And then, you know, it's a resource. It's a valuable resource. Um, I'm not good enough at tracking to know like how that works as far as people who actually end up like in my now membership or buying my course or whatever. Uh, one, well, that would be jumping ahead. But one of the things that there was some redundancy to a certain degree with the course and the books, whereas, and so that was always a challenge, you know, once the book came out is that I felt like it was kind of like they were in competition for each other to a certain degree. But now with club tiny Sense, I feel like I can offer more than just the online course did as far as like for people who do yeah. love the book, this is a way to kind of add value to it rather than just giving them a, a, a yeah. pre-recorded video version of the book. Well, so let, let's transition to that. So when we worked together, we, we were working with you and you, you had what I would call like a little bit more of a traditional course that we were launching. Right. And so then now you've sort of pivoted into this, it's a, m- a membership model, right? Yeah. Can, can you just talk to me a little bit about, um, maybe that decision to do that and, and sort of like high level, like what that kind of looked like for you? Yeah. Yeah. 
So when my favorite thing about the online course, even before the first book came out, was um, that I got to support people. There was a companion Facebook group. So it kind of the course put all of my tips, advice, strategies into like a step-by-step structure that people walk them people through, like do this, then do this and do this. So it was really clear, really helpful, had all my best stuff. But as a teacher, the part that I loved was when people would ask questions or I could help them troubleshoot or if they hit a sticking point and they're like, I don't know what to do. Just like we were doing a little bit before we started, we were talking about um, Brad's baby and stuff like that. Like, I love, that's like my favorite thing. It's like, tell me, like, how can we fix it? That's the social worker in me. Like, how can I help? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think what caused me to pivot is two things. One, um, when the book came out, like I said, I felt like the book and the course kind of overlapped too much and it didn't feel, didn't feel like the best thing for me, um, to offer. And two, um, I really missed teaching in person and enter COVID-19 and Zoom and being stuck at home, I started offering Zoom classes to students in my online course. And yeah. they loved it. And they loved it. Um, and it was fun for me. It got me, helped me. I love a good like lesson plan and a theme. And like, okay, this week we're talking about bath time. And I just like love like planning a song and a story and picking the words and the activities. That's what's fun for me. So it really kind of helped me reconnect with that initial version of Tiny Signs with, with my curriculum I had created over the years of teaching in-person classes. So, but, you know, offering these live Zoom classes to my not quickly growing online course audience didn't really make a lot of sense. And um, I didn't, the other thing I didn't love about kind of having an online course is this, like, it's really hard to get people to enroll in an online course without like a cart open and close situation. And I, I'm not, I'm a social worker at heart. I'm a helper at heart and um, kind of doing that kind of thing just didn't fit right with my personality. Yeah, like yeah. Um, opening the doors and closing the doors and that kind of thing. Um, so, and the other thing that's tricky, my, my biggest challenge I would say is that my audience grows out of me quickly. Right, you know what I mean? Right, it's like, yeah. it's like um, people love me, love my classes, but then they've got like a five-year-old. They don't, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> and yeah. it's funny, actually, I sent an email out to my whole list yesterday. I was kind of updating people on some, the past year and kind of how things have been going for me and stuff. And I got so many nice emails that were like, my yeah. daughter is seven now, but I stay on your list. Oh, that's cool. was, you know, and so I, I yeah, love building yeah. those relationships. But um, anyway, I just felt like kind of doing an open and close thing or going back to teaching classes, like, okay, I'm starting an eight-week session and it starts on April 1st and enroll now. And yeah. I just felt like the membership or a community where people could just come in, like meet people where they need me. You know, yeah, if, yeah. if, you, if yeah. you've got an eight-month-old, you need help like today yeah, or an 18-month-old right. or whatever. I don't want you to have to wait till May when enrollment opens. Yeah. And I also don't want to constantly be enrolling people in sessions. So it just was like the most easy way to just, I've got this thing. Yeah. I teach like the second and fourth weekend of every month. And yeah. we have a community 
all my, I put my course in my membership. So if you're a beginner and you want to come in and get like the basics, you can come in the day you join, jump into that. And it just felt like the perfect yeah. way to kind of meet everybody, right? Smart. Giving them what they need right when they need it. I you're, you're touching on a couple things that I, and I don't know if that, that I've expressed this to you, but that I really personally admire about you and like working with you and just like knowing you. One of them is you are very, very, very in touch with your audience. Like, I, obviously, we work with a lot of clients that like have that audience set up. And like, there's a lot of times where we'll ask them, like, well, what is, what's your audience looking for? What's kind of the next part of that journey? And they're sort of like, I don't know. And we're like, maybe you could ask them, you know, like maybe you could like go call one of them. And they're like, I've never talked to anyone in my audience beyond email, you know, or whatever. So I really admire that, that you are really in touch with what your audience needs. But two, I, 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 I really super admire your kind of tenacity and like your ability to just be like, okay, what's next? Like, I'm going to keep the wheels turning. And there's so many things that would cause other people to maybe like, pack it in if they were you, right? Like you have, you have a product that we would classify as a little bit more of like a nice to have, right? Um, totally. most kids like, are going to learn how to talk. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a nice to have right. the audience is a little bit, uh, shorter t- window than, than other products might be. Um, there's other products in the market, like there's books or there's resources, or I can Google different sign link signs or, or whatever. Yeah, You can look up signs. There's tons of free dictionaries. On totally. That. Yeah. Teaching people the signs is not what I do. I mean, I I do, but that's not what I bring to it. Exactly. And that's, and that's basically what I wanted to say is like, I feel like this membership has become a culmination of your awareness of those things. You're aware that your audience isn't necessarily coming to you to learn signs. They're learning, you know, how to interact with their baby and how to troubleshoot and how to do all these things. And the membership is the best way to kind of like minimize all of those things that might be coming against your business. And, you know, five years from now, who knows exactly what that looks like, but I love that you set it up in a way that's helpful for your audience and helps you do what you want to do, right? You're not just saying, I need to fit this mold. Is that sort of how you thought about it? Like, have you approached it that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that, I mean, I love that you're giving me credit for me. I mean, I literally for like the past five years have been like, if this isn't the year, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go get a real job. And I've been saying that I feel like for like the past, like five, six years, I'm like, if yeah. this isn't the year, <laughs> I'm going to go get a job. Um, but I just stick with it because I love it. And yeah. I, you know, I, every time I feel like I'm like, I, this, I can't keep doing this. This is just not like really working or whatever. Um, then I get an email and somebody says that I changed their life or that it, they changed their relationship with their baby. Or, and I just like, I, I don't know. I just, it means a lot to me. It really means a lot to me. Something I've noticed too, listening to you talk about your journey over the last five years is you have, and it's taken you time to figure it out. And and that's okay. I expect that it would, that you have learned what you like, what you don't like and what jives with your personality. And you have found the place you want to be. And it, it, it took time. And I think that, yeah, and I I think that's really, that's so important because you get so many people that they get, they, they jump in, they, 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 they say, Oh, I want to make a course because they just feel like that's what everyone else thinks they should do is make a course. And they're either miserable, they don't get results right away. And you have like, you pivoted, you, 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 you kind of done this and done that. And yet you found what you really love. And I think I'm so, I admire you for that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's you, awesome. you keep the you keep the blinders on in a yeah. in a really good way. Like we we had a client, and I I, I want to be careful um, how I say this, but we we had a client that we're working with, we had a launch, and 
and our on our book it was the launch was really successful we're like wow this is awesome and the client was like oh like i wish this was better and and i think that the challenge there was that the blinders were not on for that client like they were like sort of looking around at like this brand does this and this brand does that or i want to do this or i want to do that and and i think it was a little bit of a challenge and and i think what you've allowed yourself to do is just say i'm going to focus on my audience and kind of let everything else um you know kind of kind of fall into place and and i'm going to gauge success based on how i want to gauge success you know what's interesting about that is so lane you know before we started recording we were talking about how I don't know if we don't, I don't know if they still do it, but they were doing it. How bloggers every month would release their income reports. This is how I did. And I know there are course creators that do that. And they talk about, oh, I, I, I spent this much, but I made $100,000 in revenue. But I think a lot of times when you, when you look at that stuff, you start to compare. And then, you know, your launch may not have done as well as theirs. But you know what? Like, at the end of the day, like you're serving your audience. You love your audience. You don't care what, like, I don't care what somebody else did. Like you're doing, you run in your lane and I love it. It's, like you, you, you really, Kyler was right. You could like just teach other people how to, how to build a business because your marketing acumen is through the roof. I can tell. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, if this isn't the year guys, then gonna, <laughs> gonna, we'll do this podcast yeah. next year and I'll tell you about my new consulting agency. Yeah, there we go. We're, we'd love to have you. We'll, we'll come poach you from tiny signs. You can just come work with our team. Um, okay. So this is kind of the last, like maybe he- heavier question. Then we got a couple of fun questions that I want to, want to end with. Um, you are coming up on year 15, if I'm doing my math correctly, you said 2008 was when you started, right? So year 14, year 15, which is nuts. That is absolutely crazy. Um, if you look back, what would you tell Lane from 2008? Like whether that's encouragement or a warning or advice, or I'll leave that intentionally open-ended. Yeah. Well, I feel like Brad was very generous in what you just said about me kind of keeping blinders on. Cause I think in the early years I didn't as much. Um, and I got, had ha- lots of shiny object syndrome about like how I should do things. And there's just, there was so much, I feel like it's quieting down now, or maybe I'm just not listening anymore. I've unsubscribed to everything, but I spent all those first years when I kind of moved into this digital online marketing space, taking in so much like advice from all the experts and gurus and that sent me on all kinds of wild goose chases or things that just didn't feel in alignment, but I still tried to chug through them, even though they didn't feel right to me at times. So I would, if I could go back, I could have, I could be where I am now sooner. It shouldn't, it could have not taken me so long to get to mm-hmm. where I am if I had not um, done that. If I just stuck to like what feels, what I know to be true what my people need and also worrying, you know, one of the things that was, I struggled with when I first moved into the online spaces, I, I dealt really early on with like people just blatantly ripping me off, like swiping Uh, entire things. And that sent me, that set me back probably years because it was so upsetting to me. It was shocking the lack of integrity and honor that people would do that. And it just, it shook me up because I just didn't think people were like that naive, I guess. Um, And it's not to say now that I don't care, but I just, I'm focused on taking care of my people. And, um, you know, when I first had my online course, I think I was the only one. Now there's probably, I don't even know, there's probably a bunch of them. I don't really care. They can have their people, but my people are going to take care of my people really, really well. 
I love it. I, it was I, pure I, we, gold, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say we we've had we've had that conversation right when we worked together a little bit, and and I, I feel like anyone who has a digital brand, especially if you have a knowledge based brand, right, where you're selling kind of your insights and frameworks and stuff, are always gonna run into at some level ripping off. And yeah. I think you sort of have two decisions. You can either say, I'm going to get so upset about this and or threaten a level of legal action or whatever. And sometimes that's warranted, certainly. But you can either let that completely like pull you down or you can say, you know what? And I'm a firm believer in this myself. The good guy wins in the end, right? Or the good girl, good woman right. wins in the end, right? And so I think that's sort of the approach that you've taken now is like, I, I know what I have and I know what I bring to the table and the people who rip off and steal are going to kind of fall by the wayside six months from now or, or a year from now. And, and I, I think that's really admirable. Yeah. That and no one that. can be me. Like they yeah, can tell right. my stories as if they happen to them, but at, on some level, I think that, cause I've literally seen people talk about, tell my yeah. stories that I, of things that have happened <laughs> that in conversations as if it was there, they had that conversation. Yeah. I'm like, huh, okay. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on some level, it, 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 it doesn't ring true, I guess. And I don't know. Yeah. I think that the truth comes through. So I've, I've got this coffee mug on my desk that's staring me right in the face and it's making me think of what you're saying. And on the coffee mug, it says, no one is you. That is your superpower. When I, I need that coffee mug. <laughs> I need that. I, get that mug, that's I thought it was going to be the Hamilton mug that you have, Brad. <laughs> no, I had that somewhere. I do have a Hamilton mug. Awesome. I, I want that too. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I think one of my biggest takeaways just from visiting with you is hearing you talk about the importance of just focus on your audience because there's going to be a million and one experts out there telling you to do this, do this, do a membership, do a course, launch this email sequence, and do all these things. And you're like, nope. Just do what your audience tells you. Let them tell you what they want and then deliver that. Yeah. And your audience will take care of you. Absolutely. And I, I have the best. And I've always like been like, how do I get like the best people? I have like, um, I'm going to go on like in a set. My dad passed away last week oh, and I had to cancel my Zoom class. Oh, I'm so and, sorry. Um, and I sent a note out to my students and it was like, I'll get emotional. Like the support. I have like the kindest, nicest people in my community and they support me. I support them. And it's just, it's really nice. I just, yeah. I somehow end up with like the best people. I've never had to had a problem, like knock on wood with anyone in my community being problematic or, you know, unkind to somebody. So I'd rather have 50 people like that than 5,000 people that I don't enjoy that I wouldn't want to hang out with. Wow. Yeah. So. Dang. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. that. Yeah. Oh, I, think I didn't mean to go on like a. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, it you know yeah. it's it's life. You know, like things happen, and we all have you know we're all real people with real families and real lives, and you know it's not just business. We all have to take care of each other and be kind. You know. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know how to transition into my fun question now. Oh. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so uh, I I know we we kind of preface these questions before we started recording. And so you've, you've had a couple of minutes to think about it, but you know, questions we ask everyone. Um, and the first one is what recent purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your life? Yeah. So I, the first thing that came to mind, but it doesn't, didn't meet the, the criteria for a hundred bucks is my AirPods because they allow me to do like, I'm a mom, I've got laundry, I've got, you know, dishes, dishwasher to empty and like stuff to do around the house. And I love that I can listen to a book 
or a podcast or whatever. So I love, or when I go on a walk or whatever, I love, love, love those. And talk to family. I talk on the, use them to talk on the phone too. Um, my mom's always like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just walking up the stairs with <laughs> all the groceries. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, so that would be my favorite thing, but that didn't make the criteria, I don't think, for the $100. So the thing that did fall under that that comes to mind is I got um, a weighted blanket Ooh. that is uh, was a Christmas gift. Um, so it was a couple months ago, but um, I love it. It just is like, even before, it's so funny, I used to like, Whenever I go to the dentist and they take an x-ray and they put like the lead apron thing on to do like the x-rays of your teeth, I always was like, ah, oh. <laughs> and then like weighted blankets came out and I'm like, oh, it's like a that's thing. Hilarious. It's not just me that finds that relaxing. So I'm like, you, now you, I'm you sleep with it. Yeah, no, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Do you sleep with no, it or just like chill with it? I just chill with it because I tried yeah. sleeping with it the first night and I it, like my, it, I got so like my hip hurt. It was too, it's too heavy to sleep under, but I like it for just like, uh, like if I take a break, you know, just to like nice calm, hug. like, yeah, it's like a nice hug, like meditation, like take a chill moment. How it much helps me. Um, does your weighted blanket weigh? You know, I don't, I don't remember. I should have kept the box. It's like the heaviest one though. It's heavy. Okay. It's like, okay. it's real heavy. Like I can't, it's, it's like too yeah. heavy to sleep with. It's I like want to say heavy. mine's like 20 pounds. That's Maybe what 20, I think. Yeah. 20, 25 pounds. And I remember I tried sleeping with it. And the very first night I got it, I like in the middle of the night, I was like, I can't move. Yeah, you feel like you're being like strangled or something. Yeah, yeah, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, my shoulder hurt and my hip, because I sleep on my side. I was like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> I love it though. Weighted I blanket. Love I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Second fun question. Um, what piece of software or um, app or something like that could your business not live without? It's hard to you can provide many one. options here if you would yeah, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the ones that come to mind that are like the obviously I could not live without are my email service provider, right? That's how I keep in touch with my people, with my students uh, you, and my You said you switched audience. to Active Campaign for that? I did. Okay. I did. We'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. So I just recently switched to Active Campaign. So I'm still on like it's been about a month. So I'm still learning, but it's, so far the customer service has been phenomenal. For sure. Amazing. Um and Canva, obviously I use, I used to pay a graphic designer who's now like a really good friend of mine and she doesn't do graphic design anymore, but I used to pay her to do all the stuff for my website and stuff. But now I just do everything myself because it's so yeah. easy with Canva. Um, this is our so weekly plug for Canva too. If anyone <laughs> listening knows someone at Canva, who's responsible for, uh, marketing sponsorships. Um, I think this is every single show we've had it's has Canva. said Canva. Everyone. So we would gladly yeah. accept a, a sponsorship with, uh, this with is going to be an interesting, like little side story to our podcast is, is this relationship that hopefully we can get with Canva. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, there, I just, yeah, it's become like, I think I'm in there practically every day. Um, obviously Zoom, because now that's how I what I use to teach. Um, and I I use Trello is like my kind of how I keep myself yeah, organized. Yeah. And I use that for business and personal. Like I organize yeah. all the our Christmas planning stuff, my kids' homeschooling lessons, my business stuff. Like yeah, it's all all in Trello is like have where you, have you tried Notion? I was just about to say that. No. Okay. See, so no. Shush, you got to try. Shush, shush, because this is what happens to me is that I get, I'll go, I, cause I, I'll be like, oh, what's ClickUp? What's Airtable? Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. like, I love this stuff. I love, you're, love, you're love. pretty, you're pretty type A and very organized, right? Yeah. So, but 
our so our team had used Asana, which is pretty similar to Trello. I've and it's tried a, that. It's too very, yeah, it's it's pretty complicated. Very traditional project management software, and and I love Asana. Like, don't get me wrong, but we recently transitioned in I think November October of twenty twenty one to Notion. Notion is not just a project management tool. Like I use it for all my personal stuff. It's very hyper customizable without being overwhelming. Like we have all of our internal marketing strategy in there. We keep track of all of our clients in there. We like, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. So I don't want to waste your time, but I might've just given you a- Remember the blinders guys, the blinders, the blinders. I think, I, I think it's worth it. I'm willing to, I'm willing to peek around the blinders just to give you a tool that okay. we absolutely love. All right. Cause I like Trello. I like Asana. I like Airtable yeah. Monday. All that stuff is cool, but yeah. nothing. I haven't, I haven't found anything that's like Notion. He stakes his entire credibility on this, on Notion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I now I know it. what I'm doing this afternoon. So thanks. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> There's a free plan in there. Yeah, we started on a free plan. Our team upgraded when we added people to it, but it's it's. I think there's a free free. Yeah, plan I used Trello for free for years, and now they changed. They got bought, and now I have to pay for it, which made me sad. But I yeah. like everything is in there. So yeah, dang, Lane, thank you so much. Um, we always love talking to you, and just grateful that you gave us um, some time today. And uh, oh, we so have just been so honored to get to know you and and work alongside of you and. You're someone we look up to in, in business and in life. So thank you for, for being here with us. Uh, so so nice to hang out with you. I always love hanging out with you. Thank you. So nice to meet you. I've already got nice some, to I, you, I, I told Tyler, I've already got some topics I want you to come back on for. Yeah. So oh, all right. This isn't the only time we will see you. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I'm up for it.